Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. Well, today we're super excited to have Scott Mayer here with Tradewise in the studio all the way from Kansas City. Uh, to be with us here to talk about what he's doing with a company called Tradewise, um, which is a really cool, he's going to talk more about it, but it's a really cool, they do some fun things in the uh, trade space. And um, anyway, Scott, welcome. Good to have you here. Thanks, AJ. Good to be here. What uh, What are you guys doing at Tradewise? What is Tradewise for the audience? Yeah. So I think home services, HVAC, plumbing, you know, when you hire a contractor to come into your house and repair your home. That's, that's where we, that's where we play. Um, you know, kind of the, where Tradewise got its beginnings was my current co-founder. Uh, he had a home service business, invited me to come out to Kansas city and help him grow that. And, uh, I said, absolutely no way. I'm not moving to Kansas city. Um, but you know, here we are almost three years later. Where's the map? Yeah. So, um, and you know, spend a lot of time working with him on his business and uh, saw all of the common issues, problems, mistakes that happen in a, in a home service business and, and also kind of what opportunities there are out there for business owners when it comes time to exit or actually, you know, what's the next phase and how do they grow their business. And so you know, Tradewise partners with these, with these business owners to help them grow, scale, and exit their business if they want to. So... That's what we do at Tradewise, and uh, so far we've, um, you know, we've had our original company, we've acquired another company, uh, have several more that are that are in uh, and under LOI or letter of intent, and uh, we're continuing to to build it. And so we really want to be a, a nationwide, a trusted brand, both for homeowners and for for business owners in the home service space. So cool, Scott. So the problem you're solving is that you're working with these trades companies and they're not quite sure how to maybe exit or build their business to where they can sell it. And so that's what you're providing to them is to help them grow their business so that they can eventually, you know, uh, sell out or, or pass, you know, have a succession plan for the person that's going to take over or whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a few different types of business owners. There's some that are, hungry and want to grow their business and maybe just need the right partners to do it with. Um, and then there's business owners that are maybe looking to retire. Um, 43% of you know these business owners in the trades are retiring over the next five years. And there's really not a lot of people coming into the trades to replace them. So and, they're kind of aging out almost. Yeah, exactly. And so um, right now there's just going to be you know a large transfer of these businesses to either you know, there's only a few options, right? Selling to your employees, selling to a son or a daughter or a family member, um, all of which have statistically poor outcomes. And then if you're large enough or qualify for it, basically, you could sell to private equity, but there's horror stories there and you have to really meet a certain criteria. So there's limited options for business owners when they when it actually comes time to figuring out what to do long-term with their business. So, so how did your co-founder convince you to come out or were you entrepreneurial like did you go to school for business or what yeah. was kind of the reason that you went out there to Kansas City with him yeah um it kind of goes back to like I mean my 
I guess, journey as an entrepreneur has been up and down, twists and turns all over the place, but I kind of call it opportunism, right? It's all about- <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that one. I like it. Let's yes. trademark that thing yeah. right now. Yeah. You heard it first from Scott that's here right. on Midnight Founder I Podcast. Think, I really think that's what entrepreneurs are. I think that nobody grows up, you know, saying, man, I, I, I just really want to build phone systems for dentists. You know, nobody says that when they're a kid. But they find opportunities and they find things that they stumble into and they find opportunities that, that can provide a tremendous amount of value to people. And so um, before moving to Kansas City, um, you know, I had a legal tech company through college, ended up, you know, kind of, I had a couple kids and had a business that I was running and, uh, you know, didn't, I was at BYU in the entrepreneurship program and, uh, you know, didn't end up finishing all my classes, you know, classic, but, uh, Oh, the college dropout. Yeah. And yes. I kind of did that maybe like out of spite, like I'm going to spite the world to just say, I don't need college to, to, to be successful, <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, had a company and the trajectory of that first company, I was a cocky entrepreneur and just said, you know, I, I this is going to be great within a year or two, we're going to be, you know, huge. Had to learn hard lessons that you need to think, think about timelines in 10 years, you know, or longer. Right. And, and find opportunities that you can pursue for long term. So anyways, before that I was, um, had left that original startup I was with, was working for a tech company based out of London and uh, was working remote. And um, he invited me to come out there and I said, no, because we could kind of live wherever we wanted. But, you know, some doors were closing, other doors opened. And I think, you know, through divine intervention, it was just like, hey, you should, you should go to Kansas City and explore this. You became a Chiefs fan. Yeah, you have to be, right? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird. I'm from Wisconsin, so I kind of have the Green Bay Packers in my blood, but you know, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. We won't tell your neighbors. Yeah. No. You also probably went out there for the barbecue. I'm sure that doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound great. Either. It is good. That's cool. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, I love, what was the term you just said? Opportunistic it's or entrepreneur? Op opportuneur, you know, Oppor opportunerism or okay. Entrepreneur is hard enough to say. Opportunor. That's going to yeah. take some That's practice. A good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you speak a little bit of Japanese, it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your best Japanese, Scott. Right now. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Scott and I had a great time in Japan earlier with uh, the Rev Road crowd, um, yep. a bunch of investors uh, back in August, and it was a fantastic experience. So, yeah. anyway, we got to know each other pretty well, and uh, this guy can hold his own in the, the, the world of Japan. Yeah, with a little bit of help from Google Translate. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so Scott, what, um, I mean, now that you're, you didn't see yourself being in this industry now that you're there, yeah. what are your thoughts or what have you learned? What, what do you yeah. love about it? So my first startup, it was all about creating demand where there was no demand. I mean, we were pushing into a market that, you know, hadn't seen our product or didn't, you know, it was a new thing. Right. And it's expensive and difficult to create demand for, for a product or service. And so I've loved just the opportunity to tap into existing demand that's already out there and just do it better and more effectively than, than your competitors, right? There's already a, a demand for home services that's not going anywhere. And how can we, you know, basically, uh, you know, leverage the same skills, marketing, sales, operations to, to tap into that. Cool. So what are some of the things you're working on now that's, um, 
I mean, you're talking about those twists and those turns and those challenges, right? What, what are some of those that you're working on now that you didn't foresee coming? And how are you getting out of those or solving those problems? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that some of the twists and turns that we've been through now is, you know, we created TradeWise, and it's, it's the parent or umbrella uh, of these companies that we're acquiring or partnering with. And so um, the challenges we have now are finding good business owners, great entrepreneurs, and also finding good partners at TradeWise that understand the vision and see the opportunity for the trades. I think that there's a unique kind of space that we're in right now where untech it can be really sexy, right? Um, and I think that with AI coming and, and other things, there's some uncertainty about the future of more tech-focused and tech-based uh, companies. And so uh, I think untech is, uh, is a space that's going to have a lot of legs in the near future. Um, I don't see a, your plumber getting replaced anytime soon by, by AI, right? But... Um, so some of the challenges right now are you know, finding great business owners that, that want to take their business to the next level. The other challenges are dialing in all of our systems and playbooks. We're always iterating and you know, trying to create and perfect systems that are sustainable and scalable. And, so, um, and things are always changing. There's new ways that consumers are wanting to be uh, marketed to, sold to, um, and the services and experience that they, that they want. So, so I'm, as I'm thinking about like, my dad has been in the trade space my whole life. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's owned a custom cabinet shop since 1989 and his dad owned a custom cabinet shop before that. So he's been building yeah. cabinets his whole life. Um, I'm thinking about like the transition of him. If he were to sell, are you, are you working with companies and keeping the founder in place or are you working only when they want to exit? Yeah. We typically like it when the, the business owner wants to stay in place, at least for a while to continue running the, the company. Um, because we really don't want to cause disruption in, in a business. Right. And it's very disruptive to sell a business. Um, it's disruptive to, uh, even have new partners and things. Change is always hard on a, on a business. So ideally, a business owner will stay on and, and through a transitionary period. But really, TradeWise is all about helping these business owners accomplish their goals, right? Some business owners are, man, I just want to get out of the day-to-day. -day. Like, I'm just a slave to my business, and I can't, I, I want to get out of that. And so we can put them on a trajectory to do that. Have you, have you found that they actually let you in? Or like when, the, when you, uh, maybe it's part of your due diligence process, but uh, a lot of the people in that trade space, I think they want out of the day-to-day, -day, but then they like would yeah. have a lot, of, a lot of angst with giving up that control. Yeah, yeah. And it, we absolutely see that. And so there's a couple things that we do to help with that. You know, one, usually business owners are at a point where they're like, I just, you know, they're either, they're, They've tried everything they can and it hasn't worked, whether that's growing their company to the next level, doubling their business, or that's, you know, getting out of the day to day or whatever it is that their goal is. And some people are just, you know, looking to sort of get, take some chips off the table, right? For all the hard work that they put in their business over, you know, two, three decades, they want to get some money out of the business. But, um, 
you know, when a, so that's, and then the, th the other thing that we do that helps with that is when we partner with you, we're, it's more, we're, we're going to date before we get married, right? So you're going to see how we Smart. work with you and you're going to see how you work with us. And if either of us doesn't like how the partnership is going, then we can just say, hey, you know, that was fun. That was great. And we're both better off for it. So one follow-up question. Uh, so um, I'm just thinking about these, these business owners. And as you've seen companies come through, um, you've probably seen themes. Yeah. Uh, we see themes on the podcast all the time. But do you have any, I don't want to give away any trade secrets, but do you have any advice of like, here's the low hanging fruit. The first thing that we normally see with a business can be changed really easily that will have a dramatic impact. Yeah. I think the hard truth, even for myself as a, you know, small business owner was that there are people out there that know how to maybe do this in a different way or maybe better than how I was doing it before. That's really hard. Most entrepreneurs like myself, we have egos and we say, like, nobody can come in here and help me, you know, do this differently or better than and make it work. And so some of the low hanging fruit typically is that they've grown their business on maybe one channel, whether that's word of mouth or, um, you know, putting up a listing on Google and they've just used one channel. Right. So there's obviously huge opportunity for just, hey, let's open up a new channel. There's another million dollars of revenue. Right. Or here's there's seven more channels that you haven't explored. And then within a channel, have you really done and pushed and dove deep into getting the highest, you know, dollar, you know, return for your dollar spent in that channel? So optimizing the channel, the existing channels they're in. I like that. Yeah, so cool. So Scott, <clears throat> just so the audience and listeners understand, when you do a deal with one of these partner companies, mm -hmm. it's an equity exchange or there's cash involved, like a transaction tells, what does that deal look like exactly? Yeah. If there was a one size fits all, I'd give you a lot of money to tell oh, me what man. that is. But every business owner has Custom. a different different objective. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, some of the deals are, you know, basically using a combination of, um, you know, some sort of you know, we seller notes, equity, debt, different types of uh, things. So, you know, when we're dating, we're going to just, basically work together for a brief period of time and then kind of see how we, we work together. And then from there, formalize a more, uh, you know, formalize a contract and, or I guess a, a partnership that makes sense. So it depends on the founder's goal. So if they're looking to retire, that's going to be a very different situation than someone who's, Hey, we really want to grow this thing and expand and increase the enterprise value of my business before I sell. That's a different a different conversation. So, and right now you're currently raising money. Yeah, is that right? You're doing a round. Yep. Great. So right now we're uh, look, raising capital to fund operations at Tradewise, and that's to help basically bring in talent that we can help provide additional services to to the businesses that we partner with. Um, and to grow your team and yeah, grow your systems. Exactly. So. Um, and you know, we have a great team so far that has a great background in just working with these home service and, and businesses. And so building out that team gets us more velocity, more opportunities to work with business owners throughout the country. So is your market nationwide or are you focused in specific industries or in specific markets within the U S yeah, good question. So, 
Uh, it's nationwide. Uh, there's certain markets that we prefer over others that have been, uh, you know, just have maybe less seasonality or, you know, just large metropolitan areas, um, but nationwide. And then in terms of, you know, verticals, we've, you know, been pushing into plumbing, restoration, HVAC, um, some of these sort of needs-based uh, sort of businesses. We have criteria that, you know, preferences for verticals that are, um, that meet different criteria that are, um, you know, low seasonality, recurring demand, uh, you know, uh, maybe not supply chain dependent, some of those things. And it seems like, you know, the trades are often overlooked because uh, some of these companies are very lucrative yeah. and really profitable, right? Well, I would say they're definitely overlooked by the general population. I mean, we call them boring businesses. And I, I like that term. It's an endearing term. I love, you know, boring businesses. You're boring. We yeah, love it. <laughs> I love it. And, um, but they're not overlooked by investors. Uh, private equity has been involved in acquiring, you know, larger companies in the trades for quite some time. And so it is definitely a very active place, uh, but you have to be doing you know, one to $2 million in EBITDA minimum just to be considered by private equity um, in terms of a, of a potential sale or acquisition. So I think where Tradewise comes in is that we work with the businesses that are overlooked by private equity, and we work and partner with businesses that otherwise wouldn't have opportunities to receive the services and, you know, support and structure that maybe a, a, a more, um, you know, someone like in private equity would provide. So, so we try to kind of, uh, you know, I think we get rid of the suits and ties of wall street in terms of private equity. And we try to provide a better sexy alternative to, uh, to private equity when it comes to growing or exiting your business. Yeah. I love that. I think it's cool that you're working with small companies and, and obviously I'm passionate about it cause yeah. you know, it's what I grew up with. I, know, put myself through college buffing doors at the cabinet shop. So, yeah. Um, what, how many companies are you guys looking to acquire this, uh, next year? Yeah. You know, part of that's going to determine, determine based on the capital that we raise, right? We won't, we don't want to overextend ourselves in terms of bandwidth and, and what we can provide to the companies that we partner with. Um, but right now we, we, aim to partner with a select few companies. Um, you know, this next year, if we were able to partner with four or five companies, um, that would be great. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's the goal. And we try to be selective and, and find, it's more about, honestly, so far, it's been more about just a good culture fit, finding, you know, business owners that, um, you know, that work well with, with our team, you know, and, and some business, some businesses and things, Sometimes it's not a good fit and that's okay, but it's cool. So that would double your portfolio to go to grow four or five companies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like it's a pretty in intensive process there that you would go through with a new company that dating and yeah. an initial phase, probably a lot of work. And then you kind of get everything systematized and yeah. it becomes a little bit easier at that point. Yeah. The first month is honestly a lot of just auditing, right? It's getting in and finding out, What's the status quo? What are we doing in financials yeah, and everything? finances, operations, you know, the org chart, who's accountable for who's doing what at the company, and then, you know, auditing their sales systems, their marketing systems, and, and seeing what they're doing. So there's a lot of that up front. 
and then we start executing, creating a plan and executing on that. So, like the profit, uh, Marcus yeah. Limonis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like Shark Tank, but for the trades almost. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm sure a lot of their financials are just in disarray. Oh yeah, I can tell you from experience because ours were right before we embarked on this and we had our business. They were an absolute mess, and every business that we've ever walked into has been an absolute mess, and they don't even know. Because they're usually good at their trade, but they're not good at running their business. I mean, right? you know, you, you learn how to run, you, 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 you do a trade, and you learn how to run a business, right? But most of the time, or half the time, you're still out running sales appointments as a business owner, or you're still working in your business. And so, you know, there's no way that, you know, you probably didn't go to, you know, school for marketing or sales or, you know, operations, and you're just trying to do your best to, to grow your business and, and make some money and provide, you know, for yourself and your family. So it's a, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough space, but you know, that's, I think that's so valuable that you have someone like Tradewise, like yourself and Blake that can come in and say, okay, here's some things that are just blind spots that you may not even realize you have that are so simple to fix. Let's fix these. And that'll give you X, percent of growth or change your business, you know, this much more. Sure. It's just that extra person that looks in there that's neutral, mm-hmm. has no emotional ties to it that makes, you know, can make all the difference for your business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think what's great about what we do is that it's a partnership. And so it's not that we come in and, you know, tell you how to run your business. In fact, we want the business owner to continue running the business. We want them to be in control, right? And say, okay, here's what we recommend and here's what we think is the best for you to do. And let's test this and we can show you what the results are. But we're also learning from them and they're learning from us. And together, we're able to create growth and, and opportunities for the business that weren't there before. Scott, what was the moment when you and Blake looked at each other and you're like, wow, we, we're, we're, we're getting this. We've kind of arrived. We're doing something. Like, was there a story or a certain experience that you're like, oh my goodness, we made a huge difference for this certain yeah. company or something. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, obviously, you know, push comes to shove or, you know, everything comes down to like, okay, let's, let's do this and, if, and actually show that it works. And so with our first acquisition, um, it was in this situation a full acquisition. Um, and we were able to basically take a company – with the same amount of leads that it had before, we were able to double the sales and decrease the marketing, cut the marketing spend in half. So we took the same, you know, 20 appointments that they were running every week and we were able to, you know, 25, I think maybe they had 25, 30 appointments a week. And those on those same appointments, double the amount of revenue that they were closing from those and decrease their, their marketing spend, right? Cutting that in What half. space were they in? That was a foundation repair. Foundation repair, cool. Yep, and uh, down in Texas. And so, you know, we took one salesperson that was running, you know, 30 appointments, hired another salesperson, and, you know, we're able to, their dollars per appointment went up about, I think, 270%. Uh, and that was within the first two months. It sounds like a great testimonial. Yeah. So, I <laughs> mean, the numbers are like kind of hard to believe. You're like, well, that's okay. 270% is crazy. But 
Um, it was just, you know, some little things, right? And they were, like you said, maybe blind spots of the original founder and maybe some of our strengths. And so coming together, um, he's a great operator and a great business owner. And so just adding on some of Tradewise's, um, you know, support and, and backbone. Expertise. Yeah. Well, and I think focusing on the right thing, right? Like he yeah. probably had never even thought to run the number revenue per appointment. Sure. He'd probably never, because like I remember one day at the cabinet shop, somebody came in, they were like, Todd, how much would it cost to do this? And my dad just spit out a number. And I was like, dad, like, where did that number come from? And he was like, I just felt like that was a good number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, do you have any idea what right. it's going to cost you to do that? And he was like, nope. He right. stuck his finger in the wind. <laughs> and I was, and that's the way he does it. Like he, today, right. he, he's been in business for almost 40 years. <laughs> yeah. He has no idea what his costs of goods sold are. Right. So yeah. it's just like little things like that, that they just have never even thought to run that analysis. And if they did and they focused on that thing, they, their business could be way more profitable. So, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. And then developing systems so that it doesn't require your dad to be there to give those quotes. Yeah. Right. So that, you know, there's a standardized process. To and it's more accurate every time. Sure. And yeah. That's, that's it's based cool. on like an actual data yeah. point rather than yeah. just you can like back into it through the numbers, you know, feeling kind of giving today. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Scott, what have you learned? Um, you know, being a co-founder of a company along with Blake, what, what kind of things have you had to learn being in a partnership like this? Yeah. Um, I used to say the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership, uh, until I found the right partner. Uh, so I've had different partnerships over the years and, um, you know, until, you know, Blake and I are total opposites. Uh, if you, do a disc profile or some sort of personality profile. We're total, total opposites. Um, and so it's difficult, but really powerful, right? Because we, we, um, we clash a lot and, but it's a good thing. If you can be humble and you can not get offended and you can sort of not let your pride get in the way of progress, then you can, really, really explode. You can do some amazing things. So I think the biggest lesson I've learned just in that dynamic is being humble and not taking things personal as you, you know, explore ideas and challenge one, one another's ideas. Um, it's, it's a, it allows you to really put fire, uh, fuel on the fire to, to grow. So how do you do that? Cause I, I'm sure that there's many founders out there listening that are thinking, Oh man, I hate my partner yeah. right now. I, it's, yeah. We're having all these issues and challenges. How do you get through that, or how do you do you set those boundaries up front? Like, what? How did you do that? With like, yeah, so I think a lot of people try to outline everything on the outset. Um, you know, I think there's obviously things that you can do to just mitigate founder issues, right? Just putting some vesting on your equity. Um, you know, making sure that you've worked together for a period of time. The hard part too, is that once money comes in the door, everyone starts to question the value of the other partners in the, in the partnership. So as soon as the money comes in, it's like, well, I don't know if Jim really is contributing as much as I am or, um, it's classic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it happens just, every time. Yeah. And, and so I think that, um, like you really need a partner that's just, you know, you can formalize it legally, but you, you really need a partner that 
you would trust with your firstborn child, right? You need someone that you would trust to, to cover, to get your back no matter what, you know, and that is really difficult to find. And so, and, you know, I, it's almost, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to find a partner that, that you can trust that, that much with. But even then, even the people that you trust the most can still be, you know, you know, kind of stab you in the back. But uh, I think it helps when um, you just commit. It's like a marriage. You don't adjust your wife's equity based on her performance. At least you shouldn't. <laughs> like, at least you shouldn't, right? You would more likely go the other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right? So once you're married, like you're married and just treat it like that and, and don't, you know, constantly look for, you know, reasons to, you know, adjust her equity or whatever. So... Um, you just commit. And if you made the wrong decision, then that was your fault. Right. And, and just maybe you need to make some changes personally, but, um, in in terms of a business partnership, you just got to own it. You know, don't try and uh, backpedal. If you committed to someone a certain amount of equity and, and before in hindsight, you're like, man, I wish I hadn't done that. It's like, well, you made the call back then and now you can make different choices moving forward. But yeah, I obviously have a, pa- a passion for the trade space, and yeah. and I love what you're building. So congratulations on what you've done so far, and, and yeah. I look forward to see what you're able to build, you know, over the next couple of years. Um, how do people reach out to you if they want to learn more or want to invest or be involved somehow? Yeah, I mean, you can always shoot me an email, scott at tradewiseventures.com. Uh, we've got a website, um, you know, mediocre website that you know, Blake and I built, and uh but we've got scrappy. It works. Yeah, that's right. And, um, so those are, or LinkedIn or anywhere. So, um, lots of places you can do that. Well, we're super grateful to have worked with you a lot too, Scott, in, in all transparency, you know, TradeWise is a rev road portfolio company and it's been so fun to get to know you and Blake better and see your, um, passion and your skill sets in play with what you're building at TradeWise. So yeah, for sure. Best of luck. Anything else you wanted to talk about or, say while you're on the podcast that we may not have covered it's the floor is yours which yeah. can be a scary thing sometimes but so far it's worked <laughs> out good for us oh well not a whole lot i mean i think that um great partners will take your business a long way one of the lessons that i've had to learn is that there are people out there that can do things uh better than you or see around corners or help you get to levels that you couldn't have done on your own i've i've spent a lot of years trying to be a jack of all trades and do everything myself and realize that I need to just let go and, and recognize that there are other people that can, can do this better than me and should be doing it because that I'm inhibiting my own growth by trying to hold on to everything and, and do that. That's a, a lesson that I've learned you know, over the years. And then also making sure that you're in a opportunity vehicle that's big enough that if I'm going to pursue this for 20 years, you know, what's the opportunity, right? If it's, if it's maybe too narrow or too small for what my long-term goals are, then maybe I need to get in a different boat. Um, so thinking ahead and, and thinking over longer timelines than I did as a younger entrepreneur. I love that advice. Thanks so for sharing. Partnerships, partnership ship can sail. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Ahoy. That's, That's awesome, right. Scott. Well, good luck with everything. Um, safe travels back to Kansas City and 
Appreciate it. Best of luck with your, you know, your family that's growing and, and all the cool things you're doing. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. This was a pleasure. Yep. Thanks guys. The Midnight Founders podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And Rev Road is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.